G'day listeners and welcome back for another week of the Keeper League podcast. Uh, pretty big week of football, a lot of interesting things to talk about, but as per usual, I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How you going, mate? Very well, Hef. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Just uh, firing up the old spreadsheet here, the uh, Google Doc, trying to uh, have a look at what we've got to talk about this week. But I guess, uh, as per usual, um, we better mention what the podcast is about. So, uh, we're the Keeper League. We talk about the uh, the lesser-known players, the ones that are likely to be available in your Keeper Leagues and not the superstars that uh, most of the other podcasts bang on about each week. So, mm-hmm. let's get stuck in, Case. So we've got some breaking news this week. Who's injured? Who is injured? Taylor Adams is the first cab off the rank here. Um, the Collingwood mid hurt himself last week. And uh, who got pegged in to come in for him, mate? Uh, probably just Varco, knowing mm-hmm. Collingwood. The other option probably would just be, because they've got a million midfielders, they'll just bring in Mason yep. Cox and then let them all run through and uh, play Reed and Cox up forward and see how that goes. So, yeah, well, pretty funny about Reed actually. We were just giving him, gave him a shit last week. We weren't sure if he was still an AFL list and then he comes in and plays that game. So He's back. Uh, it's only against Port Adelaide, so uh, don't uh, count your chickens before they hatch, mate. But speaking of Port Adelaide, a few injuries there, a bit of carnage. So the first one there, Brad Ebert, and he's yep. uh, looking unlikely to play this week. So. Yeah, they basically said on radio this afternoon that he's gone. Yep. So. Uh, him and, yeah, Ollie Wines, is he an issue too? Yeah, Ollie Wines, I've heard, could be out for a month. Uh, That's the breaking news. Uh, something wrong with his ankle there. So, um, But, yeah, for Brad Ebert, I guess, uh, playing up forward this year, I'm hoping mm-hmm. to see someone along the lights of Kane Farrell. Yep. We played last year. He's played in one showdown, and I'm already calling him a showdown specialist because he kicked three goals uh, last time. But <laughs> well, if you average three goals in a showdown, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's pretty good. Although uh, we lost that showdown, so I don't know if it helps, but that was the uh, controversial Jenkins hit the post. But uh, let's not uh, dwell. Well on uh, Jeez, old words. <laughs> uh, the other option, I guess, would be uh, Stephen Motlop uh, coming in for him as well. Mm-hmm. But on to Ollie Wines, uh, could we see uh, Jack Trengove rewarded? You surely have to think so. Like, yeah. Otherwise, what's the bloke there for? He's still, what, 26, 27? He's not like old. you got to give him a go. He's averaging like 39 touches or something stupid in the SANFL. Yeah. If ever you're going to bring him in, you know, you've got – if you're worried about your, your mix, you've got you've so many slow on-ballers there, your Rockcliffs, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. You don't need, you know, another Ollie Wines clone. So, get some outside run with, yeah, Jack. Oh, I don't know how fast Trengove is these days. But, uh, yeah, he's, you, you, you're not wrong, though. Like, the uh, numbers he's putting up in the twos deserves to be rewarded. But uh, here's a funny thing I've heard. I'm hearing Matthew Broadbent will return this week to the Port Adelaide lineup. Four. For Wines? No, I don't know, in the midfield, but I'm just hearing that he uh, will come in. So, I don't know if they're going to be dropping uh, um, Bonner or something like that. But uh, this is what I'm hearing, Kays. uh, And you have your ear to the ground as good as anyone. Yeah, so... The heart and soul, Matty Broadbent. Well, he's kind of... uh, I think the draft doctors make a bit of fun of him and, uh, you know, him coming back would be a real highlight to listen to what happens on their (laughs) podcast next week. Uh, But I guess the last one we'll talk about is uh, Harry Cunningham. Yeah. What's happened in case? Well, the bubbles burst. He um, went down with like a groin, I think, watching when I was watching on uh, Saturday night. Uh, I think it's four to six weeks, so he's going to be out for quite a while. So he was one of those guys who came from nowhere really this year as a, a backman in ultimate and has just dominated. So be interesting to see what happens with Sydney's lineup. Um, my boy Ryan Clark had 47 touches, I think, oh, in the knee fall. We'll talk about that in the Magoosh uh, so News, the two years. Surely he uh, gets a sniff in, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how it will work out. I'm, I'm a bit uh, perplexed as what's going on with Sydney at the moment because, um, you know, they're bottom. They're actually bottom. Yeah, I think they've just fallen off a cliff talent-wise and it was probably bound to happen with them topping up over and over again and the uh, cost of living allowance probably uh, uh, that well's dried up, I guess, and so it's probably you know a systematic thing over time. So is now the, the time just to blood kids? 
Yeah, I think so for Sydney. I reckon mm. it wouldn't be the worst thing. That's why I'm hoping my boy Jordan Dawson keeps getting a run. But the thing I'm concerned about with Harry Cunningham really is uh, does that mean someone like Zach Jones goes back to defence? Because uh, that would possibly. be disastrous for uh, his owners. But it might be good because he might keep his back, back status next year. But uh, the other person I'm hearing, I guess, is, well, is close. And I don't know if we'll be uh, this weekend. But uh, Daniel Menzel, I'm hearing, is close. So he might be someone mm. to look at in the next few weeks. I know he's never been a huge fantasy scorer unless he gets on the end of some goals. But who knows, in a new club, new environment environment but uh, I think Franklin might come in as well so they might do a reshuffle. Um, Colin O'Ridden's the other one I think and he's a really good fantasy player if he can actually get a, a bit of a run in the uh, in the ones. I'm playing for, praying for R. Clark so <laughs> All right, I won't, uh, just even half of your disposals from the NIFA will be handy for I my, won't jinx that alright let's move on to the round rewind <laughs> All right, on to the round, rewind, and we'll jump straight into it, uh, onto the big game on Friday night. It was supposed to be a match of the round, uh, Collingwood versus Port Adelaide, but it was over by quarter time. So, yeah, I don't know what we uh, think about that one, but we'll start off with a few Collingwood players that uh, tickled my fancy on Friday night. So, uh, Jamie Elliott, uh, 109 points, uh, three goals and four tackles. Uh, he worked up the ground in the last quarter, which was pretty good to see as well, just padding those stats, getting a few kicks uh, through the middle. Junk. Uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, But, yeah, Port's defence was... Uh, a fair mess on uh, Friday night. There was times where, you know, they'd be um, three on two and the, you know, Collingwood two would win out every time and stuff like that. So it was just a disgusting display. So I don't know how much weight we can put into this, but it's good to see him come back into the lineup and do this sort of stuff. Yeah, finally. Uh, Jaden Stevenson, uh, he's kicking boots on uh, Friday night. Four goals, two, and he only had 14 disposals, uh, but he had four tackles, too. So he's still needing those goals to score big, mm-hmm. but uh, he has the uh, the tool set, I guess, for uh, to be a fantasy jet. But oh, I just yeah. think it's going to take a little bit of time. Definitely. But he's the type, I reckon, who just will move into that midfield eventually and just be an absolute stud. So yeah. it's going to take a while because he's a fair, there's a fair backlog of players in the Collingwood lineup. Yeah, there's a backlog, but he's also so slight still. He needs yep. to put on some actual size before True. he gets uh, – utilised in the midfield full yeah. time but yeah kind of wait for that one because I reckon he'll be an absolute jet so hold on to him if you've got him uh, Braden Maynard uh, 96 points so he's hitting some form he's uh, averaging 84 from his last five and uh, he's playing that genuine running defender role so that gets him lots of uncontested possessions and uh, intercept conce- uh, possessions as well so I'm liking the look of him another mm-hmm. one that I was looking at pre-season I wasn't sure where to fit him in but uh, yeah I wish I had him a lot higher now because he's uh, playing some decent footy uh, Levi Greenwood had 88 points and 15 disposals uh, to get those 88 points. Um, playing a role in defence this season and uh, lots of marks uh, and a few rebound 50s too. And he's actually quite effective in defence. Um, <laughs> and uh, he showed what he can do when he's just not being a tagger. So just monitor that because um, he does have fantasy pedigree. He averaged 100 in 2014. And so that was playing as a midfielder. But if he can kind of play a bit looser across halfback, another one that has that kind of kit to, uh, to be a decent fantasy scorer. But all that said, I still don't 100% trust him. There could be a click of the fingers and he's back tagging yeah. next week or, you know, he might get 40 next week only getting three or four touches. So, uh, yeah, don't uh, – just keep your eye on him, I'm saying, because uh, he does have pedigree in the fantasy world. We just got to hope he can kind of get back to it. And he's getting a bit longer the tooth now yeah. as well. He's just one of those guys that just accumulates without you even noticing. Yeah. You know, like he'll just all of a sudden have – 60 points or 80 points or something like that without really being too flashy on the field. So sometimes those guys are handy because they can fly under the radar, especially if you're just looking for a bit of a depth player or something for your side. Yeah, from uh, Port, uh, not a lot to write home about, but Darcy Byrne-Jones was a bit of a shining light there. He had 96 points. Uh, 
and then he had uh, 20 disposals to get those, four tackles. But the ball spent a lot of time in Port's defence. And I just had a look at this just out of curiosity to see uh, in losing games where Port did have uh, a lot of the ball in defence, uh, he averaged 86 in losing games uh, this season. And if you look at the Carlton game as well where Port really did struggle to keep it out of their uh, back line, um, yeah, I think he did all right in that game too. So, uh, yeah, just something to note of. If you think Port are going to get flogged, mate, it might be the week to play uh, Darcy Byrne-Jones. All Crow supporters will be putting him in that side. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, on to the Melbourne Hawthorne game from uh, from Saturday afternoon. So, James Harms, he had the game of his career. He had uh, 117 points and 31 disposals. Mm. He's averaging 91 this season and 97 from his uh, past three. So, I think he's one of those, uh, I guess, a beneficiary of Melbourne's poor start. Yep. They're just trying to play players in different spots and see what they can do and just mm. give players more responsibility. I watched a bit of this game uh, throughout Saturday and they actually, and they have been for the last few weeks, they've been actually using Harms to be their distributor. Yeah. So, they'll be the guy they're trusting him with the, the kick. Yeah. And he does have quite a nice kick, but it's fantastic if you've, um, you know, got a kid like this who's still quite young and all of a sudden he's just taken that next step up in what is a pretty strong midfield. So, well, I can't see his numbers diminishing that much because he's really looking good and um, they seem to have a lot of faith in his ability. Yeah, no, neither. I still want to kind of watch him for another couple of weeks before we say boom and there here he is. But, uh, yeah, he's looking really good at the moment. So, another one to monitor. Uh, Michael Hibbard. Huge game. Oh, congratulations, uh, Michael. <laughs> 26 disposals, 100 points, eight marks across halfback. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is he back? No. <laughs> Why not? I think called the flash in a pan or, you know, yeah. don't count your chickens before they've hatched or, you know, one we're... swallow doesn't make a summer. Throw yeah. them all. Michael Hibbert's cooked, mate. He just looked like he just had to play less defensive on the weekend and just got to run. And that's what he does best. So, I'm hoping uh, that, uh, yeah, Simon Goodwin actually lets him do that a bit more often this season. Uh, less lockdown roles, less playing shitty defensive uh, roles and then uh, just run around and get some kicks, Michael. So, hopefully, now that their season's well and truly. Well, I don't know if it is done because they went on the weekend. It's not done. And the issue yeah. is, <laughs> I think if it was done, I might find that he might be out of favour a bit because he had got to play a few more kids. That might be my idea. But yeah. if they're still on a trajectory up towards finals. Potentially, he does get a few more games where he gets to play loose. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's That's move on take. to yeah. Let's move on to the next uh, player. So Jay Lockhart's another one I've got there. Uh, Hundred points from twenty disposals. He keeps the match winner as well, which is uh, good for the super coach. Apparently, no never idea. played it. Don't know. Uh, <laughs> That's not going to That's not going to be uh, go down too well for some of our super coach listeners. And I know there's a few. So apologies for that. Maybe we'll have to invite us to a league next year and see how we go. Uh, awesome. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, available in a lot of leagues. Uh, so keep an eye on Lockhart. Uh, Christian Salem had ninety-seven points and uh, eighteen kicks from that, and a lot of those were. Uh, kickouts he's a bit inconsistent but i think you've got to play him if you've got him uh i feel like melbourne were if they were having a better year he'd almost be a primo as well so i think he's kind of uh i guess you know not benefiting uh, yeah from uh, melbourne's uh form at the moment so right as a christian salem owner he is a jet yeah, yeah. He's averaging 96 this year. Yeah, I know. But he just has those weeks where he's up and down. So, I think round one he had 130-odd or something like that and then he yeah. come back down the next week. So, you've got to play him, obviously, which is what I said. But, uh, yeah, I just think he'd be – he's not quite in that primo category yet. Yeah. But I think he would be if Melbourne were having a better year, that's, that's all. It's fair. He's, he's yeah. actually ending 23 still. It feels like he's yeah. been around for a lot longer than that. Give yeah. him another year or two and he's got to properly, you know, calm head on his shoulders and he should be a very, very consistent scorer. Yeah. 
Uh, Marty Hoare, uh, his owners would be happy. Uh, formed a bit of a duo with Hibbert on the weekend and they were just racking him up across those halfbacks. He had uh, 81 points, 18 touches. I uh, didn't expect this type of scoring from him. I thought he played like more of a taller role, that intercept kind of role, which I guess he sort of is doing, but they're using mm-hmm. his um, his ability, I guess, to uh, yeah, rack up a few touches and set up a few plays across uh, halfbacks. So if you own Marty Hoare, I think you'd be pretty happy this year. Uh, Blake Hardwick, uh, we're going to Hawthorne now. There's not a lot of talk about, about Hawthorne, uh, but he had 19 disposals uh, for 90 points. Um, he's had a good few weeks, 81 from the past three. What I like about him, he just attacks the ball hard and he uh, gets a few inter- intercept possessions doing this. So he's always yeah. pushing to that contest and getting there quickly and uh, it, it allows for him to take a few intercept positions. So, yeah, just liking the look of him. Not sold again. Um, there's a few of these players on this list, but yeah. uh, someone I'm liking the look of at the moment. He's a great depth player for a side because yeah. he's just no fuss. Yeah. Um, even fantasy-wise, he's not horrible. You yeah, know, you know, he's around that 70 mark. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes that's all you need, especially when you, you know, as we get to this point of year where there's injuries come into effect and, you know, it's just handy that you can play someone who just, you know, you might get a 70 out of them, well, for a couple of weeks while a, a primo's out for your side. Yeah. Uh, the last one we'll talk about is Jarman Impey. So he was good on the weekend, 22 disposals, 89 points. Uh, I'm not sure why he doesn't do this more often mm. um, because, like, we always talk about him. He looks like the fantasy type. Yeah. But I guess he's kind of like um, Adam Saad. Looks like a fantasy player because the way they kind of break lines and, you know, rack them up across halfback. Yep. But they just don't score well enough. So mm. I don't know what's going on there. But, uh, yeah, I just thought he looked good on the weekend. Um, but, uh, again, he's one fraught with danger if you, uh, if you are deciding to play him because he can go high one week and then really low the next week. Agreed. Radio. I'm on to GWS v St. Kilda. Nick Haynes knocked up his second successive ton on the weekend for GWS with a 111. Uh, 26 touches and nine marks. Uh, a really, really solid game. And we spoke about him a bit in the preseason being that pretty handy D4, D5 player. Yeah. Um, and really, when you look at him this year in, in his seven games, his worst score is uh, 65, um, and he's kind of had three games in the 70s plus uh, two tons as well. So um, that pretty consistent score, and that he's a great intercept marker, and they do yeah. he does use the ball quite well, so um, does get his kicks up there. So if he's around, might be sneaking around a few waiver wires. Uh, he's definitely one to look at. I can see him improving over the next few years as well. He does look like the type, so keep yeah. your eye on him. Yeah. Uh, everyone's talking about Timmy Taranto, which is absolutely fair, but Jacob Hopper is one who's kind of slowly, uh, kind of just la- laying under the radar a bit here. Uh, 97 on the weekend, and he's had three tons in his seven games, but his scoring points per minute is actually really, really impressive. Uh, he hasn't played more than 82% of game time in any game this season, uh, and his 97 on the weekend came from 77% game on t- uh, time on ground. And he got 118 the week before from only 71% time on ground. So I think he had a bit of an interrupted preseason yep. um, this year. So he's always had injury troubles. So I guess yeah. they don't want to push him and want to get him through a season where he can actually play some consistent footy. Yeah, but potentially towards the end of this season with, you know, just general match fitness yeah. going up and up and up. If he can get those, you know, time on ground percentage up, you know, 5-10% potentially, yep. you know, he could be really knocking out some good hundreds each week. So just keep an eye on him. Uh Definitely, there's been hype around Sam Walsh as well. So, uh, he's the first-year guy that's been getting heaps and heaps of press, which is obviously fair enough because he's averaging like 95 or something absolute ridiculous. But Jackson Haightley's two games have been really, really good. Uh, 84 from him on the weekend, and I think it was an 80 a couple of weeks before, before he got dropped. But, you know, you got to remember he's playing in a very strong GWS side at the moment, whereas Walsh is, you know, basically 
uh, gifted games at um, Carlton. So I reckon the fact that Haley's scoring 80s in, in GWS's midfield is actually fantastic. So yeah. um, I'm sure there would be no one who's not got him on a roster or, you yeah. know, um, not rating him very highly. But if you do have him, I reckon you're onto a real, real gem for years to come. Um, looking at the Saints, oh, they were horrible. But um, Rowan Marshall just continues to dominate. He's uh, three from five games he's turned up this year, uh, 113 on the weekend, and he's actually becoming a serious fantasy jet. Yep. I had him pegged, and I'm just filthy. I didn't take him a lot earlier. Yeah. Um, but if he's somehow floating around in waivers, which I'm sure he's not, get him in. But uh, even if he's not, he might be a good trade-in target if you've got a, you know, you're not really – I don't know, hunting a flag or whatever, and you might be able to offload something to to get him in because he will be one that's going to be great for years. He's one I picked up in my redraft league uh, off the – no, I did draft him actually very, very late, but it just goes to show you that you do not need to take a Ruckman early because no. I've done it for three years straight and, yep. yeah, just – Taking my Ruckman's real late and you always get someone half decent. Yeah. Uh, Dean Kent is becoming a really fantasy uh, frustrating player for me. Um, uh, he scored 98 on the weekend and in his last four games, he's gone 35, 106, 35 and 98. Uh, giving me headaches as an owner of him because like yeah. every time I want to play him, I don't. And then when I should, I don't. And, you know, anyway, <laughs> he always fucks me. But uh, he's been a pain in the ass. So... He's just one I want to monitor for this year's season coming into a new side. Obviously, you're playing you know, well every now and then, but just keep an eye on him because he's uh, available in quite a few leagues. But if he can finally get a few games together and uh, you know, really string a couple good games in St. Kilda's midfield, he might be worth a pick. Uh, Hunter Clark, um, just he's one I had pegged for a breakout earlier and it's just not happening at the moment. He's had three games with a PB of 54. Just a guy that's threatened in the JLT and in the uh, VFL this year, but just not replicating it uh, in the AFL. Yeah. Just one I'd give time. So if you are a Hunter Clark owner, I think just be patient for this year. Uh, I'd be looking towards next year as his big year. So just um, keep the faith with him. If you can hold him, definitely do so. All right, on to the uh, Brisbane-Sydney Swans game. So the first one we're going to talk about is uh, Tom Cutler. Mm. His back case. I uh, love Tommy Cutler. 23 disposals, uh, 91 points. Uh, surely he holds his spot now. Yeah. He's, he's just got a great fantasy game, plays on the wing, a lot of uncontested touches. I love watching him play, so hopefully he can uh, keep playing and keep scoring those uh, you know, 90 points a game. And that game was seriously wet. In yeah, the second half, and definitely. he was still providing a good amount of dash and uh, still scoring, which is good for an outside kind of player. Uh, Oscar McInerney, the the big O, the sizable fifteenth letter of the alphabet, <laughs> <laughs> was good. Been watching too much play school. <laughs> uh, he had uh, eighty six points, uh, seven tackles for the big fella. Uh, these scores are few and far between, though. But yeah. just thought it worth highlighting from a decent performance yeah. on the weekend. And if you did have him the side, uh, well done, good uh, good eighty six. But uh, don't be relying on that each week. Uh, Georgie Hewitt, thirty four disposals and six tackles, hundred and three points. He had 25 handles. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Get it, on the boots, son. It was one of those games, though, you know, I, for this whole game, I can't take too much out of it fantasy-wise yeah. because that second half was literally almost water polo. So, But why are you handballing in that weather anyway? <laughs> just I don't know, kick you it. Just, there's, that, there's like 40 people within two metres of circumference. Oh, no. uh, anyway, but he was good. He was everywhere. And he wasn't just tagging. He was actually uh, damaging as well. Yeah. They were calling his name a lot in the commentary. So uh, good to see. Uh, Tom Papley, 102 points. And he uh, kicked four goals. Um, he's inconsistent at times, but he's worth having. Uh, it's his second ton for the season. He's had two other scores in the 90 this year. So he can just go 50 every now yeah. and then. So just be careful. Classic small forward, really. 
Kays, we're going to talk about the Western Bulldogs versus Richmond game. Tell uh, tell the listeners what happened to Josh Dunkley last week with your team. Uh, I traded out Josh Dunkley, which yep. was, and obviously he went super big, and it was always going to happen as soon as I traded him. <laughs> uh, Josh, if you're listening, I hate your guts. Uh, Luke Beveridge, if I hate you, I hate your gut. If you're listening, I hate your guts. Um, I just want to go past that and move on with a new chapter in my life. Okay. Well, does that uh, new chapter include Aaron Norton? It does because I actually own Aaron Norton <laughs> yeah. and I didn't play him because he's on my rookie list. But anyway, it was just an absolute write-off my fantasy week last week. But, uh, geez, Aaron Norton was just plucking him left, right and centre. I think he was one mark off the most contested marks in a game, which uh, belongs to Wayne Carey. Wowee. Uh, 125 points is just massive. And obviously, this isn't something he's going to be doing every week. But, uh, yeah, 14 marks and five goals is obviously going to score you massively and it's just a massive game. He's been quite quiet over the last month, which is why I haven't really been uh, rostering him in our league. But uh, he can deliver these games because he's such a good mark and obviously yeah. how important marks are in terms of scoring. I see a real lot of, you know, him and Harry McKay look to be the two just genuine power forwards of the next kind of 10 years, I reckon. But Norton's a serious talent and I reckon he's a genuine swing man, can go back and forward and obviously the dogs need him up forward at the moment. But whether where, I don't think wherever he plays is going to matter. He's still going to be a decent scorer as long as he's getting that supply and, and the dogs played actually good football for once this season and was actually getting supply, whereas previously he hasn't been getting it. So might be a bit of a, a play-by game kind of roster for him. How old is he? He's only like 19. Yeah, so he's got to put on a bit of size as well. So yeah. when he gets there, he's going to be an absolute monster. He's going to be one of those, I guess, old school forwards. That's actually going to get your points through taking contested grabs. Yeah, yeah. he's got an amazing set of jokes. No, I'm looking forward to watching him. But uh, looking at Richmond, they are so shit at fantasy. Uh, another game with not one of their players scoring a ton. Liam Baker <laughs> was the best of that bad lot. He had 96. Um, but that he's sucks. actually quietly putting together a nice little fantasy uh, season. So he's played four games now. He's gone from 64 to 74 to 82 to 96. Yep. And he's averaging uh, close to 20 touches, a goal and four tackles a game, which is really good. He's um, We're going to talk about in the, the waiver wire pod for our patrons, but he's still available in like 45% of leagues. So as a forward, could be quite handy. And I think, He's going to obviously keep his spot in Richmond's side because he's actually been one of the only guys yeah, playing he's quite performing. well. performing. Exactly. And uh, no matter, you know, I think the more guys they get back into that side, the stronger they'll get. Hopefully they can actually start scoring a bit. But Baker is uh, looking really good. Obviously, the other guy that's looking super handy is the big freight train, Sydney Stack. Uh, he had another good game. He scored 89. Uh, the guy has some serious talent and he's getting a real nice amount of touches too and also taking grabs, which uh, we know is fantasy gold. For me, he might not be a week-to-week starter, but he's going to be an absolute beauty with years to come because he's yeah. also got that size. Uh, at the moment, he's a, I think he's a back centre in ultimate, um, which is great for uh, most teams. But yeah, he's one that if you uh, have got him on your roster, I'd be very, very keen to keep him. I'm just wondering how much more uh, fantasy gold sitting out there in the state leagues. There's probably tons. Yeah, so these new rules might be uh, actually good for us fantasy players to uh, pick up some different players that probably wouldn't be selected otherwise and uh, yeah. find a bit more fantasy uh, fantasy relevance out Which there. is actually massive why the, the stats that we put up for your VFL and yeah. all that are, are going to be real handy coming into next preseason where you know there are going to be a lot more people taken from the VFL, Waffle, etc. Well, there's um, a mid-season draft this year, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so you might want to actually start looking forward to some of those players. Yeah. Um, and just one guy who I just need to talk about, Dustin Martin has just gone to absolute shit. Uh, one game, uh, one time in six games, sorry, and he's averaging 77. I don't know if you, if anyone owns him out there, I don't know what you do with him, but uh, I'd try and get rid of him because, just on name value because um, he is delivering donuts at the moment. Yep, get rid of him. 
Uh, on to the Eagles and my sons. It's uh, Jackie Darling who rose from the dead with four goals and 90 points. I just say he's only playing Gold Coast, so don't get too excited. But uh, we completely wrote him off last week, and I'm still not back on the Jack Darling train whatsoever. So um, I'd still take him with absolute caution. But uh, good to see him finally get a couple kicks. Um, Jack Redden and Dom Sheed uh, continue to fluctuate with both uh, scores, and they both had tons this week. But it was a genuine fill-up for the Eagles mids this week, I think, all five midfielders uh, tunned up. And that probably gives me a bit of a, a word to our listeners is that I reckon the Suns are just slowing down a bit. They've yeah. uh, had their first four or five weeks, which is really good. But I think the, the young kids are just trying to just starting to slow down a bit. So I reckon anyone who's uh, facing Gold Coast in the next few weeks, I'd be putting a C on any of the, the midfielders. So Melbourne take on Gold Coast this week. So I reckon it might be a real time for Oliver or even a Harms to, to whack a C on them just with uh, how the Gold Coast midfield is going at the moment. Yep, I've got that highlighted in the captain's call, so good thinking, Case. And I didn't even read that. That's how <laughs> we have that on, on sync. It's magnificent. Um, Anthony Miles, he, he proved why he should actually be in the sun side all the time. He scored 115, and he's averaging 86 this season. So um, he's probably the guy that I think the Gold Coast are going to have to play all this year because he provides a bit of experience, grunt, um, and just a smart head on his shoulders. So if, you, if he's around the place or if you can get your hands on him for cheap, he'd be one I'd be looking at. And Jared Harbrow just keeps yo-yoing uh, with his scores yeah. this year too. 107 on the weekend after pulling out 69 and a 51 the week prior. Look, he probably scores you all right each week to kind of keep him in the, in the side. But when you look at the Suns side over the last probably couple of weeks, there's only one guy rely on each week and that's probably Jared Witts. Everyone else is going to be quite up and down, I think, depending on who they're playing and, and who's in form. Fiorini, I guess, as well. Well, he even that. had a stinker on the weekend yeah, too. No, so they tagged him pretty hard. That's true. And Jack Martin's been pretty solid this year too. Yeah. But what about you, your boy Jack Bose? Well, he's been good, but he's not <laughs> tonning up each week. Come on, Jack. Oh, 77 from him's all right. But anyway. uh, I still love Jack. I'm just trying to keep him under the radar. All um, right. And yeah, I think uh, the hyphen is cooked. Nine touches and 26 points. Uh, I just don't know where he's going to go. Gold Coast. And that's uh, George Hall and Smith for those who don't know who the hyphen is. Everyone knows who the hyphen is. Well, we had a few complaints about too many nicknames, so we better just keep the people happy. It's the hyphen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Carlton versus North Melbourne at the uh, the comic book stadium. Uh, Cameron Zerha. Uh, he scored 104 on the weekend, uh, kicked six goals, so he had a great game. But uh, Carlton were probably – I don't think Carlton could get any more worse than they have looked this season at stages, especially after the last few weeks when they actually played some reasonable footy. To come out and play like that, yuck. But anyway, mm-hmm. we're not here to actually talk about actual football. We'll just yuck. talk about uh, fantasy scores. Jed Anderson, 99 points uh, from 28 disposals. He also kicked a goal. I said he'd average in the 90s this year, and he's currently averaging 87, so just needs a few more to get there for me and maintain it for the rest of the season. He's almost bordering on being too good for the pod. Yeah, he's close. I reckon he just needs to get a few more tons and then he's off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jasper Pittard. Now, saying this on our uh, fantasy chat uh, during the week, who would have thought that Jasper Pittard outlasts Dom Tyson and Aaron Hall at uh, North Melbourne? He's probably going to outlast Polek too. Polek probably gone soon as well. So, uh, I'm loving what he's doing this season. He had 25 disposals, 16 kicks, and he actually genuinely sets up a lot of play for uh, North Melbourne. Yep. Um, it's not a joke that when I say this, but he was actually in the All-Australian squad in 20. 16 and his fantasy form then kind of reflected that it was uh, scoring yep. in the 80s so I reckon he's almost back to that form maybe not the AA stuff but the uh, fantasy wise he's definitely back in a dark season for North Melbourne he's actually been pretty good yeah we can't I can't believe we gave him up so cheap 
But uh, he was pretty awful for us. (laughs) Uh, Mason Wood, uh, 90 points, 24 disposals, five marks and a goal. So much talent, but he's always been a tease. Um, If he can get a good run, keep your eye on him because he's always one of them. Always someone I've always had a keen interest in. But, uh, yeah, I just don't see it happening after all this time. I don't see him jumping out and suddenly being amazing. He's one of these guys in the don't trust basket. He's uh, burnt me before. And he just seems to just get injured just when he's going on on an absolute heater too. So, um, yeah. Treat with caution. Definitely. Uh, for the Roos as well, Jamie McMillan, Josh Simpkin, Taron Thomas and Taylor Garner uh, all look good in this game too. So keep an eye on their fantasy scores. There was a uh, – I guess there was a lot of people in it, a lot of players in this game that kind of benefited from Carlton's shitness. Um, so, yeah, there's quite a few to talk about. But the kind of two that kind of stand out for me there is Taron Thomas. He's just starting to look very comfortable at uh, the level now. And uh, Taylor Garner was interesting because he hasn't played a game in two years. And to come out and produce wow. a game like that, uh, yeah, he uh, he played quite well. So, yeah, moving on to Carlton though uh, Andrew Phillips had 91 this week and he's scoring really well at the moment uh, we know he's probably out when Cruiser comes back in though and the other thing is he's 27 so I'm not sure if there's too much long term value with him so people see these uh, these sort of players on the waiver wire and they go yeah he's scoring really well but it's due to someone else being injured and also mm. he's a mature age player that's kind of been brought in for this kind of gap to fill yep. and that's really his role so Kind of don't get sucked into him because he's 27 years old. He might not be in the list too much longer. The only way he plays is if Cruiser gets injured, and I think he's back this week anyway. Uh, Zach Fisher, another solid game, uh, 26 disposals for 85 points. Uh, I love his kick-to-handball ratio too, 2.2 to 1 this week, and he's a great future prospect if you've got him in your team. Yes. Now it's my turn, Hef, isn't it? Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, Geelong Cats versus Essendon. Now, we were poor this week, my beautiful Dons, but um, I'll start with the Cats, and I honestly can't believe I'm about to say this. Cam Guthrie is averaging 100 in his three games this season. Don't believe you. He must have stolen someone's power like those <laughs> uh, monsters in Space Jam, but yep. whatever he's doing, it's working. 25 touches, he's tackling like a mad dog, and uh, he's, yeah, playing in the midfield, and he's... a uh, only spending 70% time on ground, which is amazing. So he's uh, taking his game to the next level out of nowhere from coming from a mid-60s average yeah. um, nobody. I'm actually developing some super fills to grind minds. He is uh, going to be an absolute star. Uh, 93 on the weekend. And he's only owned in 63% of the league. So um, he's one that is still around. And if you are playing the long-term game, he's one I'd be snapping up for sure. Um and I was on my notes. I said if Gary does get rubbed out, he'd probably maybe take some extra time. But, but he's not. Gary's been let off. What an absolute joke <laughs> that is. <laughs> Poor James Cousins, the you know the up and comer hey, of the competition. Gary's never intentionally struck anyone in his career. Gary's a fucking. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't mean that. But come on, that was, there's no consistency in the MRP. It's no, just, no, there's not. This is your this is a frustration with the MRP, not Gary Ablett. I'm sure. Oh no, hundred percent. And yeah. it probably shouldn't even be a week. But you yeah, can't. Yeah. Give someone a week, a week before, and then yeah. go, oh, it's Gary. Here, have yeah. a $2,000 fine instead. Anyway, uh, moving on to actual stuff. Jordan Clark, uh, he's kind of slowing down. He had a week off the week before, only 50 on the weekend. If you are playing the long game, I wouldn't stress in keeper legs. He's going to blossom over the next year or two. So um, he's got plenty of talent, you know, playing in his first year and a good side. Just keep the faith with Geordie. He'll, uh, he'll pay you back in a few years' time. Yeah. But for the Bombers, it was a genuinely uh, plain Jane game from us in terms of scoring. Uh, I'm pretty sick of the consistent scoring I've seen from Darcy Parrish and Andy McGrath over the last month. Uh, Parrish is kind of, um, you know, warming. I'm warming to him a bit. But um, McGrath is just frustrating because – Football-wise and fantasy-wise, he's just, you know, hovering yeah. at that mid-80s and it's just like, come on, mate, just 
when I'm watching him, he looks like a superstar. Or when he gets the ball, sorry, he does look like a star. And then you look at his stats and his fantasy numbers and you're like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, what's going on? And he should be pushing hundreds <laughs> yeah. each week and he's just, you know, happy to coast along with 80s. Don't know what it is, but if he actually starts attacking the game properly, I reckon his scoring is going to improve a lot. Uh, just a bit of a disclaimer, Dev Smith owners do not fear. He's simply just not fit. He's running around on one leg. He's hardly. He's not pushing to contest like he was last year where he was laying 10 plus tackles so if you are in a keeper league um you know and you're and you're not really in the hunt this year or even if you are just hold on to him he's not he's not going to um to go super well this year until he gets fit so um potentially trade him out if you're in the in a flag hunt but jakey stringer is one who's just been super consistent this year uh, becoming a very reliable forward kicking lots of goals and uh mason redmond and jordan ridley uh, we keep mentioning these guys they're playing well but their scoring is just not there at the moment uh just two i kind of keep the faith with because they are yep. they are quite good players got potential good time all right uh adelaide versus Fremantle. what a game oh super just oh. really really high scoring <clears throat> yeah. everything you want in a football game well i was at the uh <laughs> the a-league final and i think there was almost oh. more goals in yeah. that than there was in this so exactly uh but looking through the stats uh riley o'brien you've got to be happy with that as a as a crows fan but 120 points from him I would say it's just against Rory Lobb, so please don't get too excited. And this week, the Crows are coming up against Port, who are running the two-ruck system. And I'd be a bit worried about O'Brien this week, you know, going head-to-head with both of those guys. Um, yeah. He might need to chop out a bit more from Himmelberg to, to match that. So his score might drop a bit this week. That would be my prediction. Um, oh, I can just never get a good take on Cam Ellis, yo-yo man. He's um, <laughs> up and down, 52, 106, 70, 107. I think the style of game obviously helped him, you know, because it was just a slugfest from all reports on, on Sunday night. Yeah. Um, he's serviceable, but, you know, as a mid, he's a real pickle to, to own, I think, because obviously yep. he's, he's he can score well, but at the same time he can let you down. He's just – he's in my note trust – don't trust Pyle. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Greenwood, similar mould to him, but he's kind of building upwards. He started off with 69 to 71 and 89 on the weekend. He's basically just a more consistent, better version of Cam Ellis Yeoman, lays the tackles, does the hard stuff, gets the kicks. So um, he's looking right. He's tracking nicely. Luke Ryan, good to see him back in form. 112 points for him with 34 disposals, 21 kicks, absolute gold. Um, Davey Mundy continues, and he's one, if you are a David Mundy owner, um, you know, Hopefully, you're in the premiership window. And then Reese Conker, out of nowhere, just pulls out a ton and uh, sunk me in my home league game. <laughs> uh, 22 Huge. touches from him and seven tackles for Conker. Um, he was one of those, um, you know, real gamble picks uh, coming into this season. And it's paid off. He's been pretty good this year. And, um, yeah, I think he's just found his home in that free midfield. And quickly, finally, Adam Chera finally hit some Semi-form, 84 points from him, 25 touches. Needs to tackle a bit more. He needs to do a bit more of that stuff, but um, starting to find the ball, which is good. He's had one other good score this season uh, a couple of rounds ago, so the scoring's there. He's just got to get more, a bit more consistency. I'm um, I'm happy with the way he's going. You know, the second year, that, you know, the regression quite often happens, so don't stress too much. Yeah. Uh, just an interesting, interesting stat from that game I just saw on Twitter. So, Crows had 51 points in this game, uh-huh. and he, they owned the, they, that's less than every team in the competition except for Fremantle. 
So yeah. if they would have played any other side and scored that, they would have lost that game. Sounds like my fantasy season. Yeah, pretty much. A lot of people, I think, can relate <laughs> to that by the sounds. But anyway, we'll move on to uh, from the twos. Uh, let's have a look at some of the state league stuff. So again, we always start with the great state, the Sandfall. So Peter Laddams from Port Adelaide, uh, big dumb ruckman, uh, 154 points wow. against Central Districts there. He's currently going 111. Can't see any way he breaks into Port Adelaide's side, but no. uh, he's scoring really well. So maybe one for the future when Ryder goes down. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're going to be waiting to do another year year or so I think just in case that happens um, Patrick Wilson for the Crows just as always he's averaging 125 and he got that on the weekend so 125 points for him uh, yeah just I don't know how this guy actually doesn't get a game especially when some of the midfielders do go down they decide mm. to go back to the well with Hugh Greenwood and Cam Ellis Yolman that haven't been hurting the Crows at all yeah. but uh, just to not, for this guy not to get looking it's kind of like Jack Trengo so I don't know uh, William Frampton uh, Billy Frampton he had uh, 107 Stevie Motlop 102 so he should return to Port's side He's this back. weekend and Jack Trengo something must have been wrong with him I think he must have gone off at half time because he only had 102 points on the weekend so. must have gone off at quarter time yeah I don't know what's going on there so uh, maybe resting up to come into the side this week. Who it's amazing knows? when the average is still 147. <laughs> <but yeah. laughs> That's incredible. Uh, onto the VFL case. Rightio, Luke Dunstan, uh, 133 for him. He's averaging 119. Potentially one who could sneak back into the Saints side after a, um, a bad loss for them. Charlie Constable surely comes into the Geelong side. He's got 124 on the weekend. What's um, going on there? I don't know. He must have done something wrong. Yeah. Something that's been brushed under the table in old Geelong style where, you know, laid out, laid out – um, it's too far away, City. Geelong. No one knows what goes on know. down there. Anything could happen. Yeah. Uh, David Armitage, your boy, 119 from him. Yeah, get uh, him in. Jeez, <laughs> oh, talk about back to the future. Um, Ryan Abbott, 118. Could be a sneaky chance to play for Geelong this week uh, with Radigalia yeah, uh, under one. concussion issues. Yep, have a look uh, at that. Paddy Lipinski, 111, probably played his good game a week too late after the Dogs had a win, but he's sniffing around for a spot there. He's a, a very good player on the rise. Sam Weedy went, went back and played a good game, 108 points for him. Could be back for the Ds this week. Corey Wagner, uh, likewise, 104 points. And Braden Green Eggs and Ham, 103 points, but probably won't crack the Don's side again. Now, the Nifal only had about 10 or so players that turned up this week. So, something must, must have been wet or something up there this weekend. I'm not sure. Yeah, but just can't wait. Just read that first name. The first right. name here, yes. right here. It's, yes. uh, sorry, I can't see. Uh, I don't have my glasses on. Oh, Ryan Clark is out yes. here talking about case. 172. <laughs> yeah, it is the Nifal. blowing up. He's uh, averaging 132 on the Nifal now. So. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, he'd be up there. Uh, Colin O'Riordan had 146 too, and he's someone that actually could come in to uh, mm. replace Cunningham. So keep your eye on him if he's available. I think he still might be available in a lot of leagues. So yeah. he could be. He's actually a really good fantasy. Plays a good fantasy game. That's what I'm trying to say. So yeah, just keep your eye on him. Uh, Darcy Cameron. Uh, he had 139. Um, and then we go on to Toby Wooler, 131, Harry Perryman, 131, Alan Christensen, 124, James Rose, 122, Ben Keyes, 121, Bastanak, 109, and James Rowbottom uh, coming back to the Sydney side playing, scoring 105. Yep. Uh, Connor Blakely, top scorer in the Waffle with 119. He's surely back in this week. For That's going to be good to watch. Frio, yes. Yeah. Uh, Mitch Crowden, 117 for him. He's gone 104 this year, which is not too bad. Um, uh, Keegan Brooksby, which is West Coast third or fourth. Rutman, 109. Brendan Archie, he uh, kind of... He just he's scoring quite well in the Waffle this year too. Oh, he's a good um, state league player. Yeah, SNFL is always a good as well. points to him. And... 
action Jackson Nelson 100 points there too now all these are state league stats so you actually get the full list of every player scores by game averages all that sort of stuff they're available to our patrons along with our projections that go up every week and we're actually going to rehash the uh, breakout tracker mid-season so that's the uh, the guest database that you can look compare any player in the competition with the top uh, midfielders top forwards top rucks top backs um, at the same point in their careers so you can see what players are heading on a similar trajectory or scoring ahead of the best players in the competition yeah. at the same point in their career so that's something that's coming back uh, again really soon so this week we had one new Patreon subscriber so just a big thanks to Simon Malone for si- and for signing up and uh, there's been a lot of action on the uh, Patreon group this week a lot of questions getting fired around and a lot of uh, exclusive access to Kays and myself uh, just having a chat back to all our listeners so if you want to go get involved in that sign up uh, at patreon.com slash keep league pod and you've got access to all that and uh, more legends all right let's move on to the captain's call this week uh we are going to just uh we we started just actually looking at a few players that uh might not be your first choice at captain each week, but I uh, think people that we think are going to go well this weekend for good reason. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is uh, Clayton Oliver. So he comes up against Gold Coast this weekend and he averages 118 against that side. So we see players like, like Patrick Cripps uh, earlier this year who has only played one game at Metricon Stadium before, but uh, I think it was uh, for 170 points and then he went again and got another 160 odd this yeah. year. So there's a bit of form at Metricon Stadium I and mean, we think Clayton Oliver could replicate that this weekend. So if you've got him in your side and you're not sure what to put the C on, uh, Clayton Oliver could be the guy. Uh, Rocky with uh, wines out, uh, Tom Rockliffe, he averages 111 against Adelaide. So And 99 at Adelaide Oval too. So he is one to just think about, but I don't know how well you can trust him from the uh, past few weeks. But if you're struggling, you've got no one out. Else, Rocky could be a goer. Oh, well, I'm going to back Rocky this week. You're going to put the seal on him? Yeah. Oh, nice. Jack McRae's let me down. Yeah. And I think with Wines out, they're just going to have to play Rocky in the guts. They've got no option of playing him out wide or up yeah. forward. They're just going to have to go, you're the man this week. Because last week he did uh, get pushed forward and they let Rosie have a run through there. So, yep. yeah. They'll nah, be, it's showdown. They want their big boys in the guts. Definitely. Especially when he's getting paid that much. God damn it. <laughs> anyway, Jago uh, uh, Amira uh, is another one. Now, he did kind of let us down last week. We did say he'd go big and he was on something huge at quarter time. So, I thought, here we go. The uh, the projections are paying off, but he did slow and end up with a uh, a ninety sorry an eighty three. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, uh, this week against uh, GWS, um, I guess he's only played them a, a couple times, but uh, he averages one hundred and eight against that side. So something about GWS, he always goes well against. So one to consider. He's uh, averaging one hundred and twelve for the season. So last week was a bit of a letdown, but uh, he's still quite a good scorer. Um, someone we don't think of, you know, one of the players we used to put the C on every week back in the day but Scott Pendlebury's in some really good form he's in too. real hot form so yeah. he averages uh, 107 against Carlton but then 102 at the MCG as well um, all my numbers here are just pointing to 100 you know 110 around that mark so have a think about him this week if you need a, a captain option Tim Kelly uh, averages 119 uh, at Marvel Stadium so he plays that deck pretty well coming up against uh, North Melbourne there's generally decent fantasy scores in games against them so he'd be definitely one I'd be looking at uh, Rory Sloan loves showdowns. Uh, mm. 
the other thing is as well, he loves playing at Adelaide Oval, 108 points he averages there. So uh, Rory Sloan, someone to consider and a bit of an obvious one to finish off with, I guess, but I uh, just want to point out some of his numbers. So Max Gorn is another one who dominates the uh, Metricon Stadium. So he averages 138 at that venue and uh, has uh, 100 points average against Gold Coast. So don't be shy when you're uh, putting the C on Max Gorn this weekend because I'd expect him to go big. Bang. All right, let's move on to our favourite section, the listener tweets. All right, on to the listener treat, the uh, tweet. Sorry, it's a bit of a treat. They listening are to treats, yeah. <laughs> coming to the from listeners, but uh, this is a section where we like to help out our listeners, our loyal listeners, and uh, yeah, let them ask us a few questions and see what they think about what's happening in their side. So, K's DJ Quinlan seventy five asks, "Hi guys, thirty five keeper uh, dynasty league six eight two six. When does potential start to stink? Uh, losing patience with Ed Phillips, Dylan Clark, Darcy." Fogarty and KK. Is it worth holding these guys or take a punt uh, mid-season in a skinny pool? So he's got Stack, Hoare and Patton, etc. available on the pool. Mm. Great question. And uh, I think in a dynasty league, it's almost tougher because you've got to really look at the long game and, yeah, um, and definitely. you can't get too too worried about what's happening uh, currently. Um, but KK I've lost patience with. I think his, um, unfortunately his concussion issues are getting the better of him and um, I'm not sure how much footy he's going to play going forward. Um, he might play a lot, but I think if there's one that person that you're willing to risk in that lot, it would be him. Um, I think Ed Phillips is still worth holding. I just think uh, we might have predicted his breakout a bit earlier than it is. I think he's still got quality and, and could come good later on, especially because the Saints are still going all right. They're, they're playing good footy, so they're not going to make too many uh, massive changes to their side. Um, Dylan Clark and the Fogger definitely concerns, um, but if you're choosing one to get rid of, I think it's KK. Um, in terms of taking, um, Stack probably looks the goods, especially as a backman. Uh, I'm a big Patton fan. Even after a quiet game on the weekend, uh, Hoare I probably want to see a bit more of, but um, it's a tough one. You've got to if you're in a dynasty league, it's all about playing the long game. Um, and yeah, but if there's one, I'd go KK. The way I look at it, KK is probably the least likely one. I'd probably drop there just because, like, if you're thinking about your 35, 35th player on your list, mm-hmm. you're not really expecting him to play, are you? So you can probably afford to leave leave someone like KK there for another year or so just to kind of see if he does come good because he does actually have that proven scoring potential when he does play. Yeah. For me, the one I'd definitely drop out of that would be uh, Fogarty just because of uh, – he, he's he was I guess he's always going to play second t- fiddle to text if he does come in. Yep. But lately they've been playing at centre half back, so they've been yep. playing in defence, and he's just been struggling there in the twos as well. So sorry, I'm talking about SNFL, uh, which we keep close track of, and uh, yeah, he's just not doing anything there either. either. So Fogarty, the one for me, I just cannot see a fantasy game out of that guy. Whereas at least yeah, with the others, cool. I can actually see some sort of fantasy game there. Yeah. Uh, next question's from at Bagels4. Is Ben Ainsworth worth keeping? We run a 12-team, 26-player, 5-7-1-5, 13-keeper comp. Guys like Darling, 2-meter Peter, and Jai Simpkin are sitting in the waivers. I'm pretty high on Ainsworth's skill level, but maybe he's not a fantasy player, or is it just a role for him at the moment? Well, I think if you're only keeping 12 players, what if you're uh, – sorry, 12-team league. 13 players they're keeping. 
Oh, 13 players. Yes, yeah, I yep. thought I'd read that. Yeah. Um, if you're playing 13 keepers, uh, you got to, you know, you think about it. If you've got 12 teams, I'm not great at math, but that's around 150. The top 150 yeah. players should be kept in each team, I guess. Yeah. Or sorry, all the same. None of those guys are actually going to be in the top 150. So no. I'm just kind of, I'm a bit of concerned about where your team's at. But uh, I don't know. If if Ainsworth is the best out of those uh, those players you've got there, he's probably the best to keep. But surely, I don't know, surely you've got someone better than Ainsworth or those yeah. players listed that you're keeping. But at this point of the year, I've got no issues, you know, holding a few people on the chance that they might develop by the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. For me, you know, we all know what's going to happen with Peter Wright. Jack Darling's been pretty disappointing this year. Jai Simpkin probably hasn't come on. Um, but I think that Ainsworth actually got some upside. We just need probably another month or so of him. So don't rush into anything just yet. Um, but he was a, I was looking back at the, the prospectus from before. He was a hundred plus TAC Cup scorer. And after he was kind of injured before the country, uh, the, the championships there. But after the championships, when he was fit, he had 26 touches and two goals a game. So he's got scoring prowess and finding the footy prowess. You know, this is his first real crack at consistent games at the Suns too. Yeah. And, you know, they are, they're they not going as well as they were previously. So he's kind of come in, you know, on the back end of some, some tough losses. So just keep faith with him. If you think he's going to be good, you know, as, as have said, you, you're keeping 13, so you're only really keeping half your squad. And if he manages to make it into the best half of your squad by the end of the year, great. But, you know, Darling, Wright and Simpkin, they're all going to be there in the pool next year waiting for the, yeah, the redraft. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, no point grabbing them now. Yep. All right, uh, Roy O'Bannon, 15. Uh, with Sam Walsh's break-even coming up near his average, is it time to moving on or is he still value? Mate, we talk keeper yeah, league stuff. Yeah, what's going on here? We don't, <laughs> we don't call it salary cap crap. Um, but uh, never trade Sam Walsh. Oh, in salary cap as well. Surely you've got uh, you've got worse holes in your teams that you need to kind of plug Correct. up. So yeah, yeah. You've was, got a guy who you've paid nothing for, scoring ninety five average. Yeah, he's the least of your problems at the moment. There's um, defenders and forwards you need to fix up for sure. All right, moving on. Yeah. At R. Brian 19. Uh, big trade in our league in the past week, lads. I gave SPS, which is Sam Petreski Seaton, and Big Mummy to the old fossil for Seb Ross. What are your thoughts there? So, before we begin, uh, we're in a league with this uh, Foss character, fossil character. So, he's actually in our home league, and uh, Rory, or R. Brian, sorry, 19, uh, he is a friend of ours. So, just before we get too uh, personal, just, yeah, I just wanted to explain what's going on there. <laughs> but uh, for me, I have to assume the old Savaloy is hunting a flag this year and needs some ruck stops. Uh, but really, when I look at it, it's a pretty fair trade because, uh, you know, obviously Seb Ross is a genuine jet. But when you are hunting for a flag, you often you often do need to give up a bit. But if you're getting Sam petrovsky Seaton in return, who's going to be a pretty damn good scorer, you know, from this year and going forward, I don't think it's a, a horrible trade. I'm not sure why Foss is actually worrying about another keep league. So that's just a trader move for me. And uh, I'm not even going to answer the question. And I want our listeners out there, if they've got any traders in their league playing in, uh, <laughs> you know, keeper leagues behind your backs, call them out. Uh, yeah, we don't like seeing that. Strong, strong words from the ex-commissioner. Even though we play in another keeper league. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. You are a teacher, so, you know, you are, you know, you're used to that. Uh, at AJS Hawker, uh, pick up Hibbard and Lockhart versus the Suns this week? Question mark. Uh, yeah, look, not this week. I think, well, Hibbert especially should sit there for a bit longer. Lockhart might get snapped up, but uh, I'm not sold at him just yet. I'm praying that Hibbert, uh, you know, is back to his best. Mm. Um, just that performance during the weekend. But as you said, one swallow doesn't make a summer. Correct. So, uh, we'll have to wait and see. So, for me, I wouldn't be uh, going 
all out to get either of these blokes just yet, but solid options to keep looking at. If people are playing the the waiver where you can pick up, pick yeah, off yeah, yeah. potentially, and and really when uh, a team's going to play the Gold Coast Suns from now on, you probably look like they are going to see a scoring bump. But yeah, I guess I'm, if you're streaming, they're good options. Yeah, I'm still not sold on here, but and Lockhart's still got a bit of work to do for me. All right, at Russ two four six eight, uh, one of my few good selection calls from last week was to bench Ebert. Uh, should I field him against Adelaide? Uh, others are Prestia. Parker and Zaharakis. Well, as we said earlier, strong word coming out of our great city is that um, Ebert might not play this week. Um, so if we're looking at the other options there, I wasn't really impressed why Zaharakis at all last week. He was playing a real seagull game, which uh, I detest. He should be getting the ball for us. So don't pick him just purely on being a bad bloke. Um, <laughs> Dion Prestia against the Dockers. It's either going to be like fantasy gold or fantasy dynamite, I think. Um, it could go either way. So there's a bit of a risk there. And he is scoring quite well, but we also know that Richmond are, are scoring pretty poorly as a team. So I'm kind of leaning towards Luke Parker. I'm willing to forgive him for his uh, average score last week because they were playing in, in genuinely torrential rain uh, in the back half of that game last week. And he's probably that he's at his best when they can chip it around and he can take his marks and kick yeah. his goals. So um, all going well being, I think they're playing uh, Essendon in, on the Dome on Friday night, I think it is. So uh, dry deck there and Parker should be uh, delivering a decent score. All right, uh, at Fantasy Cues, need to field two of Lysett, S. Gray, and or the GWS Reed. So thinking Lysett and Reed, hashtag injuries. Oh, don't we know all about injuries this time of year? Um, if I was going to field two of them, Hef, uh, probably Scotty Lysett. Yep. I think against Raw, um, Riley O'Brien this week, um, O'Brien's going to be quite vulnerable. They should wear him think, down. Yeah, and I think Famous that, last words. Yeah, the, the two-man the two uh, Ruckman combo should be too strong for that. And, and Lysette's been scoring pretty consistently this week, so it's out of those two. And then Sam Gray or GWS Reid. I know Reid had a, a ton on the weekend, uh, kicked a few snags. But Sam Gray's form is pretty hard to overlook. And with the injuries that Port um, are looking at this week, yep. I think he's got to go in because he's going to get some mid-time. He was quiet last week, but I think he'll get more mid-time uh, responsibility this week. So I'd be going Sam Gray and Lysett. I agree with you there, Case. At Bangers and Mash 85. Oh, this is so relevant. When is a good time to make the decision <laughs> that your team is either a contender this year or in a rebuild? And in turn, what are you willing to sell to win that premiership? Now, I always like to uh, not win premierships, so we should probably <laughs> yeah, speak to it. someone who has won a premiership. And you know, when when you know when it's time to turn the screws up to to try and hunt a flag, and when you just know to to back down and look towards the future. Well, I think I always think if you are starting the year aiming for a flag, you should pursue that until the end of the season. You never know when you just scrape into the finals and your team just can hit form in those last you know four weeks. As what happened with my team last year, you can just peak and uh, go well. So I wouldn't give up at any stage. If at the start of the year your intention is to flag up, then you follow that through to the end of the year and give it your best crack because it doesn't really take that long to rebuild a side, depending on the depth of your squads, I guess, as well. But you get two or three good draft picks, which the people listening to these sort of podcasts are always going to do. You're going to be pretty well researched. Uh, you're going to pick up some good players. So just follow it out, stick with it, start your rebuild next year if you think your team's cooked then. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you sell to win that premiership? Well, I would talk, talk to you about some uh, players I've sold. So the last 
last two years I've chased one. So I sold players like Josh Dunkley for uh, uh, going out Sam Mitchell and Nick Rewalt, and I sold Jordan Degoey for Brendan Goddard last year and I sold Lockie Weller for Heath Shaw and I sold Kane Lambert for Michael Barlow who they all probably went pretty well in that uh, final week of uh, in the grand final. So that's some of the, the I guess the big calls I've had to make because I, I like to get players that uh, can kind of have a pretty high floor. So guys that are going to get 80 each week mm-hmm. as opposed to the guys that are going to yo-yo. So they're probably not going to have those huge high ceilings yeah. but those guys are going to get you consistent scores. So I guess that's what I'm that what I have been willing to sell to win mm-hmm. a flag. So some actually you know top line young players that I'd love to have my team now but I've yeah. got that flag next to my name so I'm happy. Yeah, for me, I was obviously going into the year trying to win, but things haven't quite turned out as it's, I would hope. You're, aren't you sitting like you were top two weeks ago and it's round, what, eight coming up? Yes, I was top <laughs> and I'm st- currently sitting in the top six at the moment. But from what you're looking at, so personally, my team, I was probably a bit lucky in those first three, uh, first three or four weeks. But if you look at it, my team is a thousand points behind the top scoring team at the moment. Yeah. So, you know, I was winning games with some lowish scores, which is fantastic. And that's the thing with Ultimate or or Fantasy in general. You can win any other week. But when you're about 1,000 behind the best scoring team in the league, I'm probably just a bit behind the eight ball. The good thing for me is I've still got quite – I've got basically got a super young team, so I'm not really having to, uh, you know, do too much to, to try and tinker with that to go forward. And I still think I'm a sneaky chance, but um, – I need a bit to go my my way and I need Josh Dunkley to somehow come back into my team and score 145 <laughs> Reverse points Reverse the trade. <laughs> All right. Uh, AFL Fantasy Qs. Uh, do I sell high uh, when Adams comes uh, – sorry, do I sell Trelaw high when Adams comes back in four weeks? Uh, because, yeah, I did actually hear there was uh, good numbers on Trelaw when Adams is out of the side. Yes, there is the hashtag Adams effect as he's put in there. Yep. And it probably depends on, on your kind of strategy and, and your league and how everyone kind of rolls in there. In, and it obviously depends on what you can get in return for him because, yes, there is the, the Adams effect as it's been uh, written about the last kind of week or two, but it also depends on – you've got to realise that Trelaw's a pretty damn good scorer regardless. So, unless you're going to get someone who is of equal or better value than Trelaw, then go for it. But make sure you're getting a, a pretty fair trade there because, you, you yes, people might um, – overvalue Trelaw, but there's still a chance that he's going to be a, a great 100-plus scorer. So, make sure you're getting someone in return. I don't hate the trade uh, under those pretenses, but, you know, it's uh, interesting to see what you, how your league takes it. Yeah. With Trelaw, I guess you've got maybe, what, eight or nine players that are better than him, really, that are in your rankings and stuff like that. So, I don't know how much higher you could actually sell him for. Yeah. That's a good yeah. question. Good point, too. Uh, all right. Uh, Lamesome one else one. Uh, oh, I am someone else one. Sorry. It's an L, not an I. Yes. I need, I think I need glasses. Uh, who are your buy low primo players uh, to target in uh, keeper leagues uh, for rebuilding teams? Yeah. Uh, players who are out of form, below average, in- injured or just good uh, option at this stage of the season? Well, if you're looking to rebuild and we're talking about, you know, 2020 onwards, uh, Callan Ward's one. I think you probably get him for quite cheap, um, you know, with the ACL and, um, you know, being a bit older. But I still think it's going to be a great scorer going forward. So you might get him cheap. Uh, as mentioned before, I think Dev Smith is one who's just been struggling with injury this year. His numbers are well down. Um, might be one that you might better get cheap too. Does he lose forward status next year? I don't know. Yeah, he's right on the edge again, isn't he's, he? He's 
on that kind of borderline. Yeah. And then I've got a list of other guys who are who are probably not primo. Jaden Short might be one. He's injured and only was averaging at 55. He's one that we pegged for big years going forward. Um, Dan Hannabury, if you want to take the risk with him, he's probably gone at bargain ba- basement prices too. But, you know, and maybe in a year's time, he's, he's going to deliver. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. He might be cooked. Um, Charlie Kerno is one who's underperformed a bit. Christian Petraka. You could get cheap. And then if you go on to the next rung down, Braden Sires obviously been injured uh, out of form. Bailey Williams not playing, but, you know, if he gets traded, he could be anything. Bailey Fritch has been quiet. He's he's the one on the up. Uh, Adam Chera we talk about a bit. Uh, Brayshaw as well. Uh, Jackie Graham. Blake Akers was another one who's, who was on the right trajectory, but he had a, um, a bad preseason with injury. So just look for those guys who have, I think, who have had um, interrupted pre-seasons and are slowly getting into their year because one, they might actually become good towards the end of the year, but you're also looking forward ahead. Have you got any guys who you might try uh, and target? No, I haven't really put a lot of thought into this question because I've only seen it late. But uh, for me, I guess one person I would probably be targeting would be Chad Wingard. I think he's well below where he can be uh, yeah. this season. So, And I think maybe Strano, that spray he got from Jordan Ruffhead <laughs> looked pretty scary. I wouldn't Sweet. want to be on into that. Nah. Um, but it kind of makes me feel a bit better about port offloading him. Yeah. But I still don't think he's anywhere back to his full potential. Yeah. And he, I guess, I don't know if it's going to happen at Hawthorne, but if he does run through the midfield, which he's more than capable of, he scores pretty well. So yeah. he'd just be someone I'd be looking at because I reckon you could probably get him pretty cheap at the moment. And he had that injury interrupted preseason too. So yeah. it's, it's those guys who are potentially ones that you're looking forward to to end of this year, 2020. But on the flip side, I think if you've got, um, if you're building for next year and you've got a few of these older players, you know, Justin Westoff is a good one to offload. Yep. He will score, but he's going to lose that ruck status for sure. So if you're keeping him just because of that, um, you know, give him to someone who might need that ruck this year uh, David Mundy obviously aging both Josh Kennedy's are probably ones you could trade off um, Sydney Josh Kennedy's been playing really well but uh, interesting to see what happens with their side going forward Sean Higgins finds a way to get injured but he can score also has a good name and Ricky Henderson's running super hot at the moment um, and if you do have him he's probably worth getting rid of as well all right, last question from uh, at Millwall Four, Millwall Four. Uh, how much is Tom Mitchell worth for a team using twenty nineteen to rebuild? And what about Connor Rosie? Well, I'm always a bit skeptical about ACLs. Um, you know, obviously some people come back well, some people don't. Some people, you know, double up and it's it's horrible. But it always depends on who you're going to give up for this kind of player. Just so, on that, it's lucky because uh, Tom Mitchell's just broken his leg and not done an ACL. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Well, it's a horrible injury. Well, he's screwed. <laughs> so, we saw players, I guess, like Mick Barlow ooh, and uh, come back from two broken legs and still be a fantasy jet. So, uh, Tom Scully, he's had that. You know, it's just yeah, that, yeah. all that leg stuff. He had the ankle. I don't know. <laughs> Can I rewind all that? No. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, if you want. But, uh, no, but look, it's, it's a, I think if you're out for that year and, and there are those injuries where you can, you know, it really affects you. Yeah. Um, you just got to be a bit wor- worried about them. And, you know, same with Callum Ward as well. Um, but if you're going to give up someone like a, a Boak or Rockcliffe, I think, who's, you know, playing well this year um, and still got some, you know, future in them, potentially they're worth the risk. But if, you know, you would have to get up a Crips or a, an Oliver or something like that, I wouldn't do it. So, yeah. you just got to find that, that right happy place in terms of who you're willing to trade and who you, who you have to trade with to get to get that guy. I would 100% just give Boak for Tom Mitchell right now, but unfortunately in our league, the guy who's got Tom Mitchell is sitting <laughs> bottom of the league and he's awful and there's no way he's giving him up because no. he's just waiting for next year. Yeah. <laughs> he is stockpiling. What about Connor Rosie, Kays? Uh, he's a tough one. He's obviously scored super well at times this year, um, but perhaps... 
hasn't been given the respect by the opponents, just, you know, being a young guy and he's managed to get off the chain a bit when they um, don't know too much about him. But I think now that he's on opposition teams' radars, he might get a bit more close attention. He can obviously find the ball, which is a massive tick, but I don't know if he's really going to become that fantasy beast. That's probably more of a question you need to answer. Is he Has he got the goods to be a genuine, you know, fantasy star? Well, at the moment, he's probably in our top three players in our side. Easy. And I'm still not sure where his best position is. Mm. So, again, he's been playing really well up forward, but you, you see him have stints in the midfield. He's just got the footy smarts, the footy now. He plays, he's just a really smart player and he uses the ball well. So, that's a yes. So, well, well I'm trying to say, if I'm hoping he plays a bit more midfield as time goes on. He'll be a fantasy jet. But if he plays a forward, I can't see him doing too much more than, say, what Chad Wingard did as a forward, you know, yeah. that 90 average top. Yeah. It's a bit, it's a hard one. And I still need to see more of him, I think, as well myself. Yeah. Um, you know, and even I think, I don't think it's ever going to happen, but if he played across halfback as well, he'd probably potentially be a better scorer than he would be out forward yeah. just because the way he plays. But uh, I think he's so good at forward, but I don't know, he's got so many weapons. I just don't know where he's going to play and what's going to be best for him. Yeah. So for me, it's just monitor for now. I think he will av- will be one, one of those 90 plus averages. Yes, definitely at some uh-huh. stage in his career. Uh-huh. Whether he's going to be primo echelon, oh, I'm not convinced yet. So with that in mind, like, he's probably going to lose that back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, DPP next year, he's going to yep. be a forward, maybe forward mid. So, yep. you know, that potentially hurts you a bit too. But, um, yeah, he's going to be a great player to watch for yeah. many, many, many years. Yep, fantasy or not, he's going to be a good one to watch. All right, that wraps up the pod for this weekend. So, uh, I guess we'll uh, plug our socials uh, at Keeper League Pot on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, iTunes reviews, haven't had one in about three weeks now, so we're getting pretty sad over here. No Very one's, sad. Uh, no one's rating us, no one's giving us five stars, no one's writing nice <laughs> things about us, so... Uh, we're going to have another plea for that. I'm not sure if anyone actually listens this far to the podcast to actually hear these pleas. So. Yeah, anyway, uh, if you've got time, uh, we'd love it if you uh, and have an iTunes account. We'd love it if you uh, yeah, left us a nice little comment. Helps us climb the rankings. But, uh, yeah, that wraps it up for this week. Anything else you want to mention, Kaze? Nothing. I'm actually to Perth this week and I'm going to the mighty Fremantle-Richmond game, which will be good. I'm actually excited to go to the Optus Stadium. Yeah, I've heard it's pretty nice. So, yeah. I don't know, I vowed never to go back to uh, Perth after round one. 2015 uh, Port versus Frio but uh, you know who knows I might get back there now uh, now they've got a new stadium I'll give you a view next week (laughs) yeah alright thanks for listening for another week and uh, we'll talk to you soon thanks guys